Welcome to The Bacon Show. I'm Mike. I'm Stefan. And for us, it's Friday. So happy Friday. We made it. It's been, uh, it's been a good week for me. No complaints on my end. Oh, yeah, definitely. The only complaint is it's moving way too Wait, fast. I've got to show you something real quick. I just thought of this. Um, this week, we've done some cleaning out of the attic and the shed. Ooh. And I know last time you mentioned, I think you mentioned something about how in high school we used to talk about the dolphins a lot. Totally. Let's see if I can reach this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally sell this on eBay. I have two of them. <gasps> oh, my. Unopened. Unopened. Number 13, Dan Marino, Wheaties Box. Wheaties Box. They're, they're going for like five bucks on eBay. <laughs> But so, hey, yeah, <laughs> it's five dollars you never had. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Another very exciting thing this week is that the county just to the south of us has opened up vaccinations for 40 and over starting next week. Unreal. Which means we will qualify, which is very exciting. I love it. I can't wait. Yeah. They're going to Orange County. This is in Orange County. They're uh, they're moving quickly. The rest of Florida is like 60 plus. Yeah. Orange County said, hold my beer or whatever. It's it's a total middle finger to the governor. And then watch what we do. (laughs) Right. 40 plus. 40 plus. Yeah. No, that's that's really good. That's really good. Hopefully that continues. Um, I'm I'm sure soon in that. Well, within the next month, everyone's going to be able to. Yeah. Month and a half, maybe. Yeah, it's going to spread fast. And so that's exciting. It's been a, uh, a scientific miracle to get this <laughs> vaccination out so fast, which brings me <laughs> to, uh, to the topic that we're going to talk about today. Love it. Which is the relationship, if I can call it that, between religion and science. Is it a relationship? Maybe it's a codependent I don't, relationship. It might be. It might be. It's <laughs> fascinating. Maybe not. <laughs> I, I've thought about this a lot. You've thought about this a lot. I've thought about this some. But there is a project that I think I want to try and make, which combines these two, these two things. Um, I don't want to give away too much because then I feel like someone will steal it from me. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll never be able to do it like you. Right, right. It's so. <laughs> true. But I'm interested in um like the relationship between religion and science kind of in the medical world where we see a lot of very conservative religious organizations running very like state of the art pushing the the whatever the edge of science medicine mm. and i find kind of that relationship kind of fascinating and how how that works like is that a paradox because you have like at least an institution that's saying right that the world is 6000 years old and they're creating like personalized mrna like state of the art 
um, you know, cancer vaccines or at least working on that stuff. And I find that, I kind of find that potentially fascinating. You mean they're working with DNA that's evolved over millions of years? (laughs) Is that what you mean by that? (laughs) Yeah. So I, I imagine there's a lot of stuff to dig into (laughs) with this subject. Good thing I had an early dinner. That's right. This may be a multiple, uh, multiple episode subject. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, where do we start? Oh my goodness. I don't even know. Um, should we talk about where we where what, like what, where we're at personally? I think that's a great place to start. A sure. little bit. Do you yeah. want to start? Sure. With that? Okay. So just my personal background is I grew up in a family that was religious. Um, so I went through that scenario. I kind of fell away from that um, probably in my mid-20s. Um, so only just a few years ago, if anyone's counting, right. I'll hide, hide my gray hair. <laughs> um and then I just, I just kind of went away from it all and just lived life in a way. I had a son I was raising, you know, doing my um, consulting work, um, so my business, that type of stuff. And I never really thought twice about it. So it wasn't something that I was, I was like mauling over. I was just, right. I moved on. I just lived. And then I don't know what the catalyst was, but YouTube, of all things, um, showed me, I'm sure, one video about uh, evolution. I believe it was the topic was evolution. And me, I'm a naturally curious person. I love to learn new things. I love to understand um, more nuanced topics like science. And so naturally, it was pretty fascinating to me. Well, I quickly went down the rabbit hole. And then found other content that related to the idea of religion and science and how it's an oil water in their view relationship. They don't mix. And the viewpoint was from the concept that the, the belief structure of each group is uh, you could consider polar opposite. And so in order to believe certain things on the religious side, you would have to give up certain viewpoints on the scientific side and vice versa. And so they they were, their point was these, these things just don't, they don't jive. Well, how can you hold these two concepts in your brain at the same time? Much like what you were talking about, (laughs) how could the hospital have these two competing ideas, seemingly competing ideas. Um, And so that really, that really impressed upon me to actually think through and maybe now that I had distance from the church and my religion to think through what that act, what that meant. And, um, and so uh, the religion I grew up in is Christianity the specific version of that, the seventh day Adventist, um, which they hold the Bible as something as one of their pillars of their belief. It's one of the pillars of religion for them. And it, it in a way, it was a literal um, interpretation of the Bible, the, 
the earth was made in six days. Uh, if you count all of the lineage, it's a 6,000 year old, you know, young earth. Uh, Noah's Ark was real. And some people believe that dinosaurs actually made it on the Ark, which is a whole new, another podcast in right. itself. Yeah. What, what did they um, feed the, the lions? That's my question. That's, uh, no. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> all the, all the sea animals that were yes. happily living in the water. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it, it, it really caused me to, to bring into question those stories as well, if they're not literal and we have observational evidence that it wasn't that way, you know, from the things that I've, and I'm no scientist, clearly, you know, obviously this is above my pay grade, but from what I understand, you know, we've observed the earth to be X number of billion years old, as opposed to 6,000. And there's a lot of good evidence that will show that fossil record, all that stuff. Then it, so if the Bible stories weren't reliable in the sense that they were factual, then the whole thing falls down. So I'm not, I wasn't one of those people who were like, well, it's a good parable. So, and we should be kind to each other, which I obviously agree that that's a good thing. I wasn't able to accept everything if I can't accept everything from it, I have to, I must reject the entire, uh, group of beliefs. And so, and, and that's kind of what I, it's, it wasn't a point where I was like, I'm now a non-believer. It's just, I'm not right. convinced. Right. I'm not convinced of the God that's described in that book. And, um, for me, it was kind of an eye opening kind of, um, uh, it helped me become much happier, I would say, in the state that reality mirrors or, or you could describe what reality is. And yeah. so to me, just, just being in reality means um, you accept certain things about reality and um, you're, you're much less superstitious. You're, you're much less thinking that, you know, there's all of this extra stuff that exists out there in, in the supernatural world yeah. that are pulling the strings of reality. And when you can accept that, you, you actually, you, you get to this place where you can become much more accepting of what reality brings, which is randomness. Mm -hmm. And if that's a good random thing, you call that good luck. Yeah. You know, there's obviously bad luck and you don't, and, and you're not constantly pleading to something that has a lot of power that's pulling the strings of reality right. for outcomes. All that kind of goes away. Yeah. And now you're just able to live life and live life to the benefit of each other, which is to me, what we, what we, the only thing we really have. So that's where I came about in this scenario. And it, it allowed me to think through why people actually do believe still or have a belief that they've nurtured or continued to have. Right. And then how those mix with non-believers. And I've watched a lot of debates on YouTube, fascinating stuff. Um, a lot of modern philosophers, scientists, theists, and the reasoning for each. And to me, this is just something that it helped solidify the direction that I think makes sense for me, like why I, why I believe what I believe now. 
Um, and it also is a fascinating thing when you look at society and people, I'm just, I'm fascinated with those types of, of, um, conversations and information. Like, why do people believe what they believe? What are the things driving those scenarios? Um, so that, that's kind of a backstory where, where I landed. It's, it's really interesting because we're, I think our stories are, have been almost like parallel. Wow. <laughs> in in our, because uh, we grew up in, uh, we both grew up in religious households in the same religion. Yep. yep. <laughs> so we share a very similar background in that, in that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, very parallel. I was able to move away and still maintain some sort of, I guess, belief or religiosity, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Uh, it's something that it continues to evolve and I think always kind of will, but, um, I was, I was able to find, uh, kind of a belief structure or belief system that relies more on a, uh, relational God that is not, um, necessarily an all powerful Mm -hmm. God and something that, and a belief system that doesn't really see, have an issue with, with science <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, facts, <laughs> you know, got it. things yes. of that nature. So, yeah. So I, I mean, for years and years, I, I worked, my office was literally like across the street from a children's hospital. Mm. And I would ask some of my coworkers, like, okay, so you believe in like an all-powerful, all-loving God? They'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but there's a children's hospital across the street. <laughs> like, how do you... How do we account for how these How do you things? account for those two things? And, you know, I, I remember when somebody goes, uh, Mike, I think you need to go talk to a pastor. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's not going to help. <laughs> At least no. not the ones around here. You're right. Probably. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's interesting. I think that we we came we've we've ended up in a very similar place. Yeah. And so although I still say that I believe, you know, most people would call me a heretic or whatever and <laughs> think that my soul is damned. <laughs> For eternity. Because yeah, because I I mean I would even say that many uh many, many atheists are closer to uh to the god that i believe in than most christians right yeah yeah well yeah and it it makes me think of the conflict between science and religion mm-hmm. and the, the the scientists or um philosophers versus the theists and their belief construct and why they don't jive well. And I think it's from what I've observed, I think it's based on your belief structure overall. Mm-hmm. So if a religious per- person is putting God into a place that kind of like what you were saying, where you've, you've put your relationship with this idea of God in this place, that's not in conflict at all with science, the observations of how we believe the world works, right, et cetera, et cetera. But if you, if a religious person puts God into that thing, in that place where, you know, the earth was created in six days, 6,000 years ago, 
Yeah. Um, then the, real, the the scientist looks at that and says, how how can you how can you take that into account when we have so much data? Yes. That directly combats these ideas. Yeah, it's you know it's interesting. It makes me wonder. And I've heard other people talk about kind of things like this before, but in some of these organizations, the higher you get up, like maybe the less these people actually believe, mm. at least the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. You know, like is the person really doing the science in the laboratory? Do they really believe some of these, you know, that the earth is 6,000 years old? That <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a fascinating uh, study to understand? It really, it would be. I mean, I understand a lot, a lot of people may stay for like the community. Yes. Or other aspects, even if they don't believe much of the fundamental beliefs, you know, of, of some of these religions. Exactly. I think that's one of the, um, one of the responses to an, uh, an idea or the concept of a non-believer mm-hmm. who wants to rid the world of religious dogma, the religious people would say, well, what about, um, you know, all of the humanities parts of this, the community parts of it. Right. And, um, that, that doesn't have to go away. That's the beauty of it. And that is intrinsically part of being human, which Mm. we are keeping. Right. That's (laughs) going away because of social media, not because of (laughs) atheists. (laughs) Thanks Facebook. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you you don't have to throw all of that away and think that you know, if we don't have this belief in an afterlife, then, you know, we obviously can't have art and poetry around. Well, that's, that, that's not right. the case. Right. Yeah. So I think, I mean, it's interesting. I look at like the history of it and you've, there's definitely been like a give and take, I think, between the two, right? Religion kind of helped create science for the most part, at least in the beginning, I think. Um, I don't really know a lot of the history about it, but I think the church funded a lot of the beginning of the, you know, the early concepts of science. And then as science has evolved, I think you've seen uh, religion respond to that in some aspects. Some it uh, clearly depends on what, uh, maybe how conservative or how extreme the religion is, how it adapts. But there's been some sort of relationship there. Yeah, I think so. You could say that every scientist 300 years ago was religious was, because right. everyone 300 years ago was right. religious. <laughs> So it would be it would be impossible to say otherwise necessarily, but um, I think you're right. As science has continued to evolve and get um, the, our confidence grows in what we're seeing, what what science is observing of how the world works, um, the things that we use religion for continue to recede back. Mm-hmm. You know, we come from people who believed that the sun revolved around the earth. Yeah, not that long ago. Right, exactly. Yeah. And to to even further that point, we come from people who used to believe that burying children under the foundation of new buildings would 
bring that building in favor to not be torn down by an earthquake. Right. So, you know, this, the superstition that we've had along the way um, of things that we don't understand is just continuing to fall back. Now, of course, science can't necessarily answer where the universe has come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where people start to also, uh, and maybe the, the less scientific you are, maybe the more you rely on this, but the idea that, well, if we don't know, it has to be something that looks or sounds like a God. Right. You know, and then now you start inserting that into where we have the, the limits of our belief. Yeah. But the scientific community would say that that's not, that's almost like a cop-out. Do we just stop and give up? Like, oh, we don't have to learn anything else. Right. God did it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. There was, uh, I'm going to see if I can find something real quick. There's um, someone who I follow who just wrote a short article basically about what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so his, um, so this guy, who's pretty interesting. His name is Thomas uh, Ord, who is, he's a theologian. And he wrote something about, with kind of the two questions, does science require require us to reject a God? Mm-hmm. And then does theology requ- require us to reject disorder, randomness, and evil in nature. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I'd like to understand what he considers evil in nature. Yeah, that would be because interesting. The concept of good from what I've heard, and I like these ideas, the concept of good is dependent upon your goals. And this is where I think a lot of religious debate will fall in as well, or it borders around this idea of where morality comes from. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a tenet of the religious who who say, well, there must be a God because otherwise we would just murder each other and, right. you know, et cetera. Um, but I think from what I've, what I've read, what I've listened to, you don't, you don't actually need something to imbue morality into our minds um, that could have evolved over time as well. The idea of taking care of one another as being the best way for humanity to, um, to, uh, thrive. Right. You know, for us to, to live safely. Um, somebody has got to watch for, uh, the lion who's creeping up you right. know, outside of the cave. <laughs> so working together is simply, um, or the morality of, of doing unto others as you would have them do unto you, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. That seems to have, that, that has an evolutionary explanation rather than something else gave us that concept. Right. This is not something that we singularly see, right, throughout history coming from a specific religion. It seems to be across the board, across, right, the board. across communities Great point. around the world. Well, I'll say this, when it comes to conservative religious um, groups or members, I think where I see them falling on the spectrum is the level of superstition they're willing to entertain. Right. And I think this is how they're diametrically opposed to scientific thinking, 
-hmm. where scientists will say, we're not going to assume anything that we don't know. We're going to actually at least work to try to understand how reality, how this is working in the real world, what yeah. we can see. Um, and the religious people may be more than willing to accept ideas that have no factual backing at all. Right. Um, because it was either a story told in a, an old book or um, something that goes along the lines of, you know, their, um, their tenets of their belief. And I think this is this is where the two mindsets diverge the most in my mind. And so I would I would say it would be interesting to see, and I know there are scientists out there that are believers. Yeah. How do they hold those two concepts in their mind? You know? Yeah. That is, yeah, that is very interesting. I mean, I I just don't have any issue with holding the two in my mind, but I'm very uh, not extremist in any of my like religious views. Mm. I'm not, I'm not like rigid or a, I'm not sure what the right word would be for it, but like the idea that the earth is 6,000 years old, I'm not sure how that affects my religion at all. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like that. My, my belief in my entire system is not, you know, belief system is not based on that idea. Well, you know, I've thought about that question a lot and here's how I can see it, it kind of subconsciously working inside of the, the believers, the more conservative minds. Right. So like for the, the religion we grew up in, like I said, the Bible was a, a very big part of that. And a lot of it was a literal interpretation of the Bible. Correct. So that's how we get the 6,000 years. Yeah. The beginning of that story was the creation story and then the sin, the fall of man story, right? Right. If, um, if you didn't have the creation story and you didn't have Adam and Eve, you actually have no reason for Jesus existing at all. And so if you, if you don't yeah. take Genesis for real, like it literally happened, right. Then all the dominoes fall. Yeah. With that and, specific narrative. Correct. Of, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think that's, that's the line that they're, they maybe subconsciously are holding. We can't accept that the earth is, uh, older than 6,000 years because it, it actually is counter to everything that the, the creation story holds. That's right. Cause that, that affects their salvation. Exactly. And that's the whole point of it to, exactly. save, to save their eternal souls. You got it. Not to fight empire. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a very, uh, sorry. It's, it's dinner time for the dogs. Oh, it's exciting. Um, so, you know, it's to me that's where I think the fund fundamentalists on the religious side are um, are hanging their hats. Yeah, and I, I've started to see some fundamentalists on the other side too. Unfortunately, I mm. feel like who are very rigid and leave like no wiggle room for any sort of uh belief 
And I feel like most people have to be at least a little bit in the middle somewhere. At Perhaps. Least, at least willing to allow for, for something. Yeah. Well, I think the default position of I don't know is a really powerful one. Yeah. Because it, it allows the, the real answer to whatever question you might have of, of things that we don't understand. Yeah. Like the beginning of the universe. I don't know is great because you're not shutting off any possibility. You're just saying we just haven't reached that yet. Right. Um, so that's where I like to land on a lot of things that don't have really clear answers. Um, yeah. Instead of just saying, well, it can't be this or can't be that. I mean, we might all be in assimilation right now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? How fun would that be? <laughs> I, I wish the simulation involved me tripping over a treasure chest of gold or something. I know, I mean, right? Couldn't they have worked that in? <laughs> me too, seriously. Jeez. Who wrote, who wrote this programming? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's interesting. One of, my, uh, one of my kind of favorite stories of all of this, of like the concept of the all-powerful, all-knowing God from Christianity anyway, is um, is that so when uh, they were doing translation of the Bible way back when, there were two proper names for God. And one, which I don't remember, was translated into Lord, mm. which is, okay, fine, fine. That's not, not bad, right? The other one, which I think was El Shaddai, they translated into Almighty. And so mm. they took a proper name and transferred it into Almighty. And that has, uh, in some people's views, created a cascade of issues uh. that suddenly we have an Almighty God in charge of everything. Uh. When the, the proper translation would have been something like, um, like Mother's Breasts, which kind of makes sense for a God figure. I see. Yeah. Yes. So. Huh. That's, Yeah. That's I mean that and, and that's only that only begins the problems when it comes right. to translations and how the book was formed and you know those types of things. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's got an all too human origin mm -hmm. that a lot of people would rather uh, disregard yes. and certainly not talk about than um, yeah start accepting uh, the reality of it. Right. But again, it, it, it all comes down to, I think, in my mind, how superstitious you're willing to be mm -hmm. and that outcome that you hope is actually real. Right. Um, and so I think based on that, you, you, people are going to be willing to believe almost anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think I've seen some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. It makes me wonder like about some people that I um, have not kept in contact with, but I know have gone like the kind of the opposite way maybe that we mm. have. They grew up in similar environment, but have gone like hardcore to the conservative side and the fundamentalist side. Of religion. Of, of religion. Yeah. Ah, mm -hmm. Yeah. And just how that has happened. And yeah, you see them on places like Facebook just going down crazy, crazy rabbit holes. 
mm. that just don't make any sense to me. But well, and and I think about that too. If you think there was a large portion of my childhood where I was taught to disregard what science says about a certain topic. Mm. So I was trained to distrust an entire body of knowledge right? when it comes to evolution, where we came from as a human species, you know, that type of stuff is just an example. Yeah. So you're, I was taught to be um, skeptical of any information that we might be gaining right. on the scientific level. So how easy is it if somebody's just hook, line, and sinker taking that and ran with it for them to keep going down that rabbit hole, no matter what evidence is presented? That's so true. Put, said this way, how can you convince someone of evidence who doesn't re regard evidence as important at right. all. Right, yeah, we know this. It is right? impossible. We know this. If you set down a, a page of facts in front of someone, they're going to believe <laughs> the opposite even stronger than <laughs> exactly. before you gave them that. Exactly. And uh, and I think there's a there are a group of people who are much more um, predisposed to disregard evidence uh, on a subject specifically if it contradicts their religious beliefs. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's true. That's true. I think I was uh, a little bit lucky in my family that we mm. would uh, question a lot of the religious stuff. Uh, like a lot of times we would come back from church and talk about what was wrong about the sermon that was given or whatever. Ooh. And I remember specifically my, my older brother had a teacher who explained the dinosaurs by saying that lizards and giraffes had amalgamated. <laughs> and that's how we got the dinosaurs. <laughs> and, and like laughing at that and how ridiculous that, that was like in fifth grade or something like that. Right. So, so I could, I could see like how, if you came from a family that took that seriously, right. Yeah. That there would be issues there. Well, yeah, and, and, you know, some people believe that dinosaur bones were fabricated and planted. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, just to prove a, disprove a narrative. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's wacky, and that's the thing. The, the stories that come out of um, the effort to square the information that we have today. The gymnastics, the theological oh. gymnastics that you have to do. Right to yeah. continue to believe certain things, <laughs> and, just yeah. exhausting. Yeah, it really is. So for me, I mean, I mean, I think that that was one of the reasons why it was easy for me to move past those ideas is because, um, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, like it just didn't make any. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, me too. I think. Yeah. It's interesting. So it'll be interesting to yeah. see uh, see if I get any traction going with this particular project and see how some of these kind of fundamentalist beliefs translate into practical kind of science and medicine. And what yeah. kind of dichotomies are there? 
Yeah, I I think that's fascinating. I'd love to uh, I'd love to hear any interviews you have where the cognitive dissonance is so blinding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that um, you know, clearly people are are just kind of backed themselves into a belief corner in some ways around this stuff. Right. And and to see what their response would be would be very fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Hopefully it turns into something. <laughs> well, I highly recommend you pursue that. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try. The hard part is going to be if anyone listens to this podcast, for this podcast to get, to get access. <laughs> so they're going to hear what I've said. <laughs> but like, we don't trust you to, t- <laughs> to tell any story. <laughs> well, you know, there's one way to think about this kind of work is that even though the outcome might not be guaranteed to be um, any kind of commercial success, mm-hmm. the, uh, the journey is worth it, even if it fails. Right. Yeah, totally. I just, uh, just saw a super depressing stat on uh, Sundance documentary films. Oh no. Um, I think over <laughs> Almost 1,700 features were submitted and 30 were accepted. Oh. And so they did like an average budget and they they came up with over $800 million spent on feature documentaries that that were rejected from Sundance. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) You know. So the moral of that story is, yeah, don't shoot for Sundance. (laughs) Don't shoot for Sundance. (laughs) Unattainable. (laughs) Totally unattainable. Just go straight to Netflix. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Much more reach anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks everyone for watching this episode of The Bacon Show. I'm Stefan. And I'm Mike. And we'll see you next time. Roll the outro. Good. I like it. Thank you.